when you're ready. Hello, you are listening to 15 Minutes with Alex, and this is yours truly, otherwise known as Alex. Um, I'm Nick. He's Nick. We managed to record part two of From the Bus. Well, I think we actually were going to call this uh, You Can't Go Home. Oh, that's right. This is called You Can't Go Home. An extension of the bus story. Part infinity. We don't know. Yeah. But we managed to get through it without calling the divorce lawyers, and that was a coup. And Mm. I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay. How's that sound? I think that sounds great. Oh, yeah. That doesn't sound cavernous anymore. Good. Still tinny? (laughs) Um, It sounds sort of cavernous and tinny at the same time with a bit of an echo. All right. But no longer. That makes no sense. (laughs) Um, Nick doesn't like it when I use the inappropriate sound words that I don't understand technology. Well, no, but it's not a technology thing. I feel like it's a poetic thing. Like it is true. <laughs> tinny is the opposite of cavern. So I guess it would be like a cave, a large cave covered, lined with tin. <laughs> <laughs> a tin foil cave. Coming to you live from a tin foil cave. Oh, yeah, that was interesting when Matthew Remsky, that guy, asked me if Andy Warhol had the... Did you hear that? What? When I was on his podcast the other day, he asked me if Andy Warhol had the um, tinfoil because to block electromagnetic waves from the factory, and if that's where my mother's fear of electromagnetic waves came from. And I was like, "Huh, interesting. Yeah, I don't that's think so." Really <laughs> the melding of two worlds. I know. I, I was think it's purely aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's really impossible to land back in the world after our trip. It's yeah. been hell. Yeah. And I basically It was wish. hell before the trip and hell and has been hell after. Yeah. And then the, the trip was good in retrospect. Really good. I do miss the days of the bus even when we were stripping in sweat and trying to pump that Coleman stove on the farm. Um but I there's, think there's something about COVID that it's like it's actually easier to be with strangers than it is to be with friends and family. Yes, and I think that's what we came to when we were basically we've had a very hard time doing our second our part two to the bus story Mm -hmm. you know or any podcast episode at all since we did the bus one and the bus one was difficult too i think i mean it was great having louis there but we were arguing a little bit about jane lanzalotti all of us you know Mm -hmm. and um you have to listen to part one those of you who are hearing this right um but uh so we today we were like, okay, well maybe I was like, let's just riff off of this idea that, or you really said this, you you whittle, you're good at like whittling down a theme, and you said it's easier to be with strangers than family. Mm-hmm. And before we realized that, we were like, okay, let's we need a third, we need to call someone because we never call anyone anymore. Right. We haven't called anyone in a while. Yeah. And um, and so then and you we have basically checked down the list of all the family members that we've now become alienated from. That are no longer speaking yeah. with us. And we were like, okay, my mom, let's call my mom. Yeah, Carol. And uh, and you were like, instantly like, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. And then I was mad that you said it was a terrible idea. Yeah, Nick and was like, you're always naysaying. And I was like, okay. terrible idea. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I, wa- I wish that his conversation with Carol was recorded so you guys could hear it. But basically... He called Carol, and I'll let you say what happened. Well, first of all, I guess somehow, like, all of our pets got spread to the wind during our trip. <laughs> like, amazingly, we still have the dog, but seems barely. And then our cat, Wolfie, that was staying with my mom, 
I think we mentioned in the last part of this trip story that um, how Mama Cat jumped off the bus. Yeah, the cat, the cat we were fostering while she was pregnant and she gave birth to the kittens in our house. And we decided to bring Smokey, the one kitten we kept, and Mama Cat on the bus. And within three blocks from the house, bus doors opened accidentally and Mama Cat jumped out. She was later found and we retrieved her and she had the slut that she is got massively pregnant again. Yeah. I know it's our fault that we didn't get yes. her neutered. So we came home. We found Mama Cat. We had, and we had to sort of like rescue her from her rescuers. This family found her, but then they didn't want to give her back. No, and she had Stockholm Syndrome. And then, yeah, and they were like, Can we, we need to hold on to her for another week to say goodbye to her. Yeah. And we sort of politely were like, well, won't that make it more difficult to say goodbye to her? But we decided since they but, were so kind to keep her the well, whole time. Well, we didn't time. really have any choice. Right. We couldn't like take their house by storm to get the cat no. back. <laughs> and we wanted, and we really wanted, and we're not like, I want to say that it sounds like we're crazy pet people, but we're not actually like do good or pet people. Like, I don't give a shit if a pet gets killed or run well, over. Well, I think actually that's sort of obvious. Yeah, exactly. Part of the problem. But we feel bad about our kids knowing that we're not pet people and we don't care about, the, like, yeah. that we like kind of are like live and let die with our pets. Yeah, but. I love them when they're around me and we sleep every night yeah. in the same bed with Smokey, but like, so, so. Like, we basically feel like they should just roam free and yeah and live a life of their yeah. own accord and and like our dog so our dog pickles often gets out it was not like we're letting him get out but it's just very hard to control with the kids and he takes himself on a walkabout and he's been three times featured on a mount airy facebook post more where, than three times where there's a picture of him like <laughs> strolling down germantown avenue it's like a it's like he somehow the star attraction of this like Karen Facebook group that's obsessed with like people's misbehaving pets. And yeah, and then and like so people so the other day someone was like I found this dog again and then someone else was like I think it's Pickles and by the way I'm just told this by our neighbors I'm not on this page and I remember when this woman returned and was and then this other guy was like yeah I mean I'll pay for an electric fence because that dog shits in my yard so often I'll go in on it with them. And I, and so the woman who returned him was totally nice, but she was like, to me, this is, and this is what I'm saying, I'm not. She was a very typical, lovely, young, pretty, intelligent, Mount Airy member who cares a lot about animals. So she approaches me, she's like, is this your dog? Oh my God, he was on Germantown Avenue. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, do you need like his annex to calm down? Um, Yep, yep, that's my dog, thank you. And then me, if I saw a dog on Germantown Avenue, I'd be like, yep, there's a dog on Germantown Avenue. Right, well, we'd probably stupidly, like, we'd be like, hey, kids, you want to foster that dog? Right, right. <laughs> Easy yeah. come, easy, easy go. go. Yeah. Like, that's the problem. I know. So, yeah, so, all right, so okay. we, we take in animals and they leave us. Yes. And so, anyway, our pets have sort of, like, been flung afield. We've lost Wolfie, our old cat. Yeah, so I tried con getting back to my mom. I was trying to contact her. She escaped from Carol's since house. Since we got back, sort of, or even before we got back, sort of trying to come up with a plan for like trying to find her because she got lost from my mom's neighborhood. And so I keep saying to her, like, oh, send me the, because she said she made a flyer. I was like, send me the, the digital version of the flyer and, <clears throat> and um, I'll update it. And then I'll help, you know, we can spread some more around. And then she just sent me the photograph, which I had just sent her a week before to make the flyer. And I was like, this is just a photograph. And my mother can, is, can be very stubborn. I, I do love her, of course, but she can be very stubborn. Mm -hmm. She's, of course, wonderful in so many ways. Yeah, and she but, works full time as a social worker therapist. Yes. So a therapist, there's a lot a to, the, to be 
you know, admired, <laughs> but she's difficult on a personal level, <laughs> to say the least. Stubborn is a very good word. Yeah. Um, so she very says there, and she said, generous. oh, I just made the flyer by hand. But then mm -hmm. our, our daughter Louie was over at the house and she was like, grandma didn't make that flyer by hand. I saw her flyer. It's, it's digitally made. So the problem is that whenever you corner my mom in one of these arguments, she always then throws like a hand grenade. Like you can never win the argument. So I mm -hmm. was like, I sort of, it's on, so I call her to invite her on the podcast. The point of the call was to say, will you be on this yeah. episode? Right. And we get into this crazy they're, argument They're arguing now. within 30 seconds yeah. about the flyer. And I'm in, I'm the, like, and I'm in the living room. I'm sort of like, be nice, be nice. Because he has to ask her to be on the podcast. And I'm like, <laughs> now he's about to hang up on her. Yeah, and so I was like, well, Louie saw the flyer. She said, you do have a digital flyer. And she was like, oh, I know, but I, you know, I need to write my name and number in by hand. And I was like, well, that's what I'm talking about. I could, I could update that. I could correct that. And I could actually put my phone number so you don't have to feel the phone calls. And blah. oh, you know, I, I don't want to know. All right, well, never mind. I was like, all right, the real reason I'm calling is because we wanted to see if you would be on this podcast with us or just we have like someone to sort of bounce She's also yeah. never heard the podcast yeah. and like can't She doesn't know out. how to get on it on Patreon. So I was like, well, this will be funny. Like instead of, we're never going to get my mom to hear the podcast. We'll just have her on. And that'll yeah. be like her way of at least hearing one. And episode. I was like, sure. Like, and then she can ask us questions about the trip and sort of listen in the background. And there's like a third party yeah. there. So I'm like, all right, never mind. Forget about that. And I was like, well, we really, what I'm really calling about <laughs> is to see if you'd be on this podcast. Cause like, we, you know, we've struck out with all the other family members. Nobody yeah. wants to be on the podcast. And um, then she's like, oh, well, you know, you know, the, the reason I actually, you know, haven't been, uh, you know, uh, helpful with the, been confused about the flyer and I, I can't do the podcast today because, you know, basically like I, my cancer numbers are back up, you know, and then tells me <laughs> like, which is like the hand grenade that of course then she throws into the conversation, yeah, yeah. which is like. I can't do anything because I'm dying of cancer, actually. I'm like, all right, okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, you don't have to be on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, do you want me to say what you actually said to her when she said sure, that? Sure, I don't remember. I just, I didn't know what Carol was saying. And he was like, oh, he was like, you know, can you be on the podcast? And I just heard something and I didn't hear what she said. And then I heard Nick saying, well, you don't sound that enthusiastic. And then I didn't hear what Carol was saying. And then Nick she was said, like, she was like, oh, I've got to make some tea or something like that. She was making these excuses up. And then he was like, well, okay, so do you want to do it? Or, and then there was a long pause and he was like, well, what do you mean? Like what's happening? Oh, just tell me. And then I hear Nick saying, you know, that's not the correct way to say that. Like, you know, you don't, you don't say, no, I can't be on your podcast. I've got cancer. You'd say first, I'm calling you to tell you my numbers are up yeah exactly and I was then, like, can, can you just give because she was like for weeks she's like i've been battling with this for weeks i'm like and then i was like <sighs> and then i was like oh boy here we go but and then i will say that i and i nick you can decide if you don't want me to have this on the podcast but i think nick is very a very sensitive human being which he knows and his system his physical system takes in these things in a way that sort of can you know can almost flatten you so whereas I'm a little bit more of the show pony you know right. so like if something comes up like, all right let's get back to the podcast like yeah. I can like put on the act even if like the, all the kids just got massacred out in the yard yeah but whereas you, it's hard for me to get back to the podcast when people are dying around exactly me. whereas I could reason. do it no matter what and, uh, yeah I don't know it's weird I'm weird yeah and so oh. <laughs> so um then so the point is 
there's been variations on this theme for the last few weeks. Like when Yes, the point is, yes. And you. and that and that Nick and I have gotten into our own arguments even just as we're starting to record a podcast. That we've started really to argue with each other. Hard for us to get back to this podcast because it was so hard to land back into yes. the world. Yes. And we had some traumatic moments. The farm, as you all know, was amazing. And Yeah, and then it's strangely the farm was this strangely then became this like entree for us into a higher class of, of people like where right. then um, we had like Bill Murray came on the bus to say yeah. hello, which was weird and crazy. And yeah, so I was just standing on the bus and Caitlin, I tried to get him to wash some dishes, which um, <sighs> I was going to do. And then we got, got distracted. We were there. We felt like we really missed the opportunity because I think, in my um, mind, Bill Murray's known now, besides for his genius comedy, but known also for like photobombing people in random places. Yeah. And so he, so basically, I was on the bus, and Caitlin, you know, our our who I think of as our good friend now, but we only met because we asked her for a place to park our bus said, hey, bus people. She would call us bus people whenever she walked by. And I was like, I was just on the bus. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, I've got a blind friend who wants to see your bus. And I, and that's just like Caitlin's weird humor. Like I don't still don't really know why she said a blind friend. Right. But I think I, she meant like a blind date. Like she was a reference oh, to a blind oh, date. Oh, interesting. You know, like I didn't think a, of that. Not a date, but here's a friend. A oh, blind okay. friend. I didn't think of that. And so then when I looked out the window... It was like, there wasn't any question. It was, there was like no pause. It was just Bill Murray right. and with a mask on. And he said, yeah, I'll come. I'd like to see your bus. So I got off the bus so I wouldn't like COVID, COVID him. And um, I sort of stood near the doors and he looked around. He was asking about the furniture and the rug. And I kept trying to think of something funny to say, and like to impress like The him. funny thing is I was actually had my camera and I was taking photographs at that moment outside the bus. Right. Which is not, I mean, I do it, but not that off yeah, you know yeah. like it's not an every but of course i was like i'm not gonna like just stick my camera in this person's face that i don't really know like it's you know not what's really funny. my style but i desperately wanted to take a photograph of him i know and i want i i actually remember that i forgot you were taking photos and i thought you were sneaking a photo like like using pretending you were taking photos of the nature and stuff no like i that. actually was doing that and right. be, but then and then i did that did occur to me i was like oh i'll just you know i'll keep taking photos and then i'll just be like oh here well, snaps that was just you know, like one of probably my failures as a photographer yeah, is like yeah. that I don't do that more. Like right. That one of the things. Well, you really I wanted to say it too. Yeah, and I have to do as a photographer is like actually just stick your camera in people's faces. But whatever. I, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Uh, so then I I feel like I had a real lost in translation moment because. I, I waited for his truck. He was up by the dairy for part of the farm, and I waited for his truck to drive down the road to just conveniently exit the bus and sort of intercept it, but like mm -hmm. casually. And he slowed down as I approached, and, and I was like, pleasure to meet you. I never said Oh, yeah, like, he had gone up, and he was hanging out with the kids by the yeah, thing. Yeah, and Miko backed up into his truck with the, what is that car that Miko was driving, that thing? He was driving, like, a farm implement little buggy thing. Yeah, around. Caitlin and Alan taught him how to drive it, so Miko was going around the farm driving by himself, and he was learning a three-point turn, and he backed up into Bill Murray's truck, but apparently Bill Murray didn't know, and they just pretend it never happened. Well. So then, hopefully, you won't listen to this podcast. Yeah, exactly. So then, I intercepted the truck, and I was like, "Pleasure to meet you." I never said, you know, "Pleasure to meet you, Bill Murray," but and then he said, "You've done a great job with those kids," 
That's sweet. And I felt like that was... Doesn't he whisper something into Scar, Scar Joe's ear at the end of Lost in Translation? I don't remember that. Okay. But, yeah, probably. Um, so, yeah, and then we ended up... And then on in Instagram, Marianne Vitale was messaging me, who's a woman who I gave a private yoga class to and who's a lovely young artist. I could say young, you know, a little younger than me, I think. In... New York, and she's married to Rudolf Stingel. Is that how you say it? Yeah, a, a, a German painter. Yeah, and she said you must come for lunch, and they and we did. And they live; they have an incredible, like you know, over-the-top estate on Martha's Vineyard, with many houses that are incredibly impeccably restored yeah. and a big modern house and a pool and it was just you know it was super generous and they fed us two meal you know a dinner yeah, and a amazing. lunch and then it was just this weird thing of like going back and forth from the bus on the farm uh like stepping around cow pies and the, and then like spending yeah. our days at the pool and we brought caitlin and kent caitlin's son louis friend with right. us yeah, exactly. It was very high-low, and we were joking about that. We couldn't, like, we get, we'd sort of be excited to get back on the bus when we'd leave the estate. Right. But then, after a couple of days on the bus, we'd be like, hmm, maybe we need to go back to the estate. Well, I think also, like, we really struck into some, like, by, you know, sort of fumbled our way into a really golden situation where, of course, the farm people were amazing, and then yeah. we connected with this old yoga student. Yeah. That also like valued like that valued the farm and valued yes the bus. she loved yeah like, Mary Marianne like got it like oh that like this these people aren't homeless they're not yeah, like trying yeah. to squat like these are these are fun. and Marianne loves Caitlin and the yeah. farm and wanted some gardening advice and then Marianne had a beautiful young amazing nanny and and Miko fell in love with Alba Marianne's daughter and vice versa so then Miko would be whisked away by the nanny and Alba yeah. So it was surreal. It was very strange going then back and forth between those two worlds. But, but then... And they were begging for our company, you know, like, come for dinner. And, and we, you know, live streamed a couple of classes from the pool. And Marianne would be like, we must see you again or let us come to the farm. And so I'm only saying that because then we decided to visit family and old friends. And that was a disaster. Right. This is the point. And, and that things were going well. And... Um, Lou, get Louie. And, and close uh, that door. <laughs> then, yeah, coming, it was really hard. It was really hard to land back in the world. We yeah. Went, we went to first. First guess, we visited, your... I mean, we shouldn't say that completely. We had lovely times yeah. and we, with some friends, but what, what basically, we kind of thought the bus would be this perfect way to COVIDly safe visit friends. Yeah. And, you know, everyone, as I'm sure all of you listening know, that everyone is on edge and everyone has certain rules during COVID that, and I'm saying this because I've done the same thing, so it's not accusatory, but I think there's truth to it, is that we, I'll speak for myself, that I've used COVID and noticed other people using COVID as a kind of control tactic, a convenient control tactic. So that, for example, any issues that existed pre-COVID um, are going to be exacerbated by, for example, who you're deciding to social distance with and not, and then who you're potting with and not, and how, who is allowed into the house when and how, and it, 
and there's very random and sometimes inconsistent rules applied. Yeah. Yeah, big of course cuz and it's not it's not it's 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 like a it taps into the unconscious because it's like you're reminded you're triggered in remembering the social distance and the rules by like those people that annoy you. So like, yes. the people that annoy you, you're like up oh, six feet. Like, yep. don't forget. Yeah, exactly. And I then, can't come out there. And then the people who you yeah. are like in love with for whatever moment, you're like, sure, come on in and lay naked on top of me and smear your shit in my face. Yeah, exactly. And so like my, we, so we visited Michelle and my dad who's been on the podcast. Yeah, and, and I we haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah. I mean, it was good seeing him. We had a really nice night, but then... We was... hadn't seen him in over a year or really spoken to him much because generally the women in his life kind of organize our relationship, which is not necessarily bad. Like, they mm -hmm. do the inviting and the gathering and for whatever reason... It's problematic. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying... I don't... When the women are organizing it, I'm fine with their organization, but it's problematic when they leave and then we don't see him. Well, but even when they're organizing it, it's problematic. That's it's just true. because, like, you and your dad aren't, aren't sort of having a direct connection. No. And so we, you know, Miko loves him and he's, he's good with the kids and he's doing his... We spent a nice 24 hours with him and we, had, we lit our candles on the bus and our lantern and we said, let's all have a cocktail on the bus. And we realized that like the bus was actually a much better way to hang out at his house because there's not really a comfortable place to hang in his, mm -hmm. in his place because he, now he has all his videos to be there. Anyway, um, and that was the night that we also took this shift with Louie as well where we like ended up smoking some tobacco with her and, you know, having a drink and it was like, when we were talking about this with our friend Solveig as well, like that was one of these COVID moments where you're just like, you know what, let's just become totally transparent. Right. It was our own, it was our, probably our own COVID slippage as parents. Yes. In a weird way, but it, but it's, but it's almost seemed more real. I yes. Mean, and, and it was a, sort of a breakthrough on some level with Louis, cause I feel like she was very, um, she was very open and warm and very appreciative that we were taking that step. Now, whether it's right or wrong that she's right. going to be like that because we're whatever, eating some THC and smoking some cigarettes right. and well, drinking. It's funny, yeah. the drinking thing. Like, um, I remember I read this like article in the New York times. It was like, uh, it was like one of those self-help articles that they condescendingly write and I can't stand, but somehow got yeah. it was like basically like COVID and alcohol don't mix was like mm -hmm. the, something like the title. And it was like, you know, don't forget, like, if you're going, you know, alcohol might make you forget to properly social distance. It's just yeah. like, okay, sure, that's easy to say, but uh, basically, whoever's writing this, like, you're not an alcoholic. Right. right. <laughs> like, like, if you, yeah. if you're like, oh, it's, the world is yeah. coming to an end and I just want to get hammered, uh, you know, you're like, yeah, you're not. Yeah. Of course, you're going to like... Forget. Yeah. It's a totally bad life decision to make, but it's perfectly understandable. And like the New York Times, like self help people, like yeah. obviously just don't. Yeah. Get like that. the other side of it is you can't survive COVID without alcohol. Right. And then that they're, <laughs> right, for at least some of us. And that they're like, and now, you know, split, here's how to split your your, your uh, celery logs for your, you know. know, the perfect um, Bloody Mary, you yeah. know, and they have like one Bloody Mary and yeah. okay, now we must social distance. Like. Yes. So, yes. So then Michelle um, basically just left. Yes. Like, yeah, like Which he, probably, uh, thinking he, back, was his, 
is his own unconscious patterning. Like, I know he would, I don't think he's, he never said he was uncomfortable about any COVID no. stuff, but I do think it's hard to imagine. I don't think he was uncomfortable about the COVID. He seems super relaxed about that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe but too it, much. It does so kind of, I mean, imagine spending sort of six months by yourself and then when these people show up, because also then other friends were coming by his house. Yeah, then, oh, that's a whole nother crazy story, yeah, but yeah. Well, yeah, but, um, so anyway, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I get it. I mean, but it was just, it was a little sad to us that he left, but we all understand. Yeah. It's that funny thing. Yeah, and, you got it. I felt a little, yeah, like I, I'm used to not, uh, I guess, what would I say? Not feeling with my parents. <laughs> like I, I try not to let it affect me and... I wasn't, I did, I felt like, okay, yeah, he's going and on some level. It was like, whatever, he's just doing his thing. But then when Nick said like, I feel a little sad, a little hurt that your dad left. And then I was like, oh yeah, maybe I do too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so then we moved on and, oh, so then during that visit, we had a fight with our other really good friends about COVID and that right. was painful. Yeah, that was, that was so, weird. I mean, I don't even know how to talk about that but it was just to say it was it was hard it was like covid related it was like we went to like hang out with them and it had to do with teenagers it's just like exactly what i was saying before like it had to do with teenagers alcohol social distancing yeah and you sort of like broke a rule of their house but you felt like you had to because miko was starving and And it's like and i of course am that person who they want to be socially distanced from yeah so so it was like it got it it escalated very quickly and basically I was just like we we're out of here you know like I just could not deal with the tension right and and that was very painful um, for all of us on many levels and then we took off from there to see other family members and then th- we also had a COVID fight with those family members which yeah. which was involved also in you know it was again bringing up old wounds that have been there forever and then the covid it was like everything condensed into this one moment of asking for butter and that turned into like the straw on the camel's back which like so it was breaking a covid rule that had been previously discussed like we're not sharing food we're doing you know we had agreed to different rules and I sort of pushed the boundaries on that. And then that was like the end of the road for, you know, for all of us on many levels. We, re- we recovered somewhat, but, um, and I know I'm being vague, but I'm just saying that it was like one, basically we had like one COVID argument after another, yeah. after we left the farm. Yep. And it felt very like alienating and lonely. And also that weird thing when you haven't seen people for so long and you're trying to reacquaint in this new world, in this brave new world. Yeah. And it's uh, very discombobulating, disorienting and alienating. Yeah, no, it's, it, it really is really sad. I mean, the, even that, um, that it all, yeah, it all cascaded down to make it very hard to come then home and then yeah even then coming home our friends home felt distant on some level from our you know our neighbors like just reconnecting to, into a situation that was that was difficult before but that we'd mm-hmm. had a break from it's it's hard and it's like the people that you 
love most and um, and then well then I would add in also that the, another half of my family well specifically most of you know that already Viva my mom is you know deep into conspiracy theory and like 5G and sort of you know no maskers and like I don't anti-vaccine slash doesn't believe that COVID is what it is you know so that's extremely alienating as well yeah. and upsetting. Like, and Which is you, interesting too, because that's like also, um, I mean, it's, it, I feel bad. I, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but like, it's very political. The people who I guess we can say by name and the people we can't say by name on this podcast. And, yeah. And hard to know who wants to be mentioned by name and who doesn't want to be mentioned yeah. by name. And just well, all we can say is I know. Our, our friends and families don't wish this podcast didn't exist. Yeah, so. yeah. And then, and, and I was imagining, you know, because, well, whatever, you know, it's like because my whole childhood was basically um, material for art, right? Meaning Viva used it, Michelle used it. Michelle does it. Michelle would never, that's the thing. So, like, the women get very upset about me for kind of, Maybe they think I'm too kind to Michelle, mm -hmm. but one of the reasons is because he would never be mad at anything we produced. Do you know what I'm saying? Like Michelle mm -hmm. doesn't, even if he is, he would never say it. Yeah. Michelle kind of doesn't care. He's like doing his own shit. He, and he actually, yeah. he said some nice things to me. I forgot to tell you when we were there, like you're, the, the stuff you guys are doing is great. And he was very appreciative. And Yeah, but there's also something in the not caring that well, also sure. somehow seems to be... A little bit hurtful yeah. as well. Yeah, that's to, true. Like, but, it's sort of like you know, I mean, not, yeah. not again, like not trying to throw anyone yeah. under the bus, but there's a certain distance that he maintains. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but he tried to like break through that distance a little bit at one point during the trip mm -hmm. and say that he was really loving and was very proud of what we were doing with our with mm -hmm. the work. Yeah, whatever that meant. So, um, but but my point is, is that I noted that moment as well. Okay, <laughs> um, that. You know, my the fact that my mom is so now against this podcast and, you know, won't really talk to us anymore. I mean, she would, if I called her just to chat about grandkids and stuff, she'd be, she would do that. Not on the podcast. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Um, is, yeah, I find it, re it really, it basically infuriates me. It doesn't sadden me, it infuriates me. Yeah. But I, there's nothing I can do with that fury. And then at the same time, she's super into this conspiracy stuff, so it's equally alienating. So even if I wanted to chat with her with nothing to do with the podcast, I'm also infuriated with her for being into the conspiracy shit. And, um, and so... But that even, as what I started to say, is like, that's interesting, is that is kind of her pattern too. Like, as an iconoclast, I think she's most comfortable in dealing with COVID in, in saying all the things that it's not mm -hmm. like you know what i mean like being mm -hmm. taking an iconoclastic approach to it is mm -hmm. comforting for her and yeah which, and of course there always is some criticism i mean you know totally. like at first and they said don't wear a mask sure. then they said wear a mask like of course no like, and of course there's money involved with the vaccine and uh, we yeah. you and i have always quit always questioned big pharma we bear rarely go to the doctor yeah. or use fucking medication at all and we were nervous about certain vaccines for sure. I'll, then we, but I believe in vaccination. Yeah. Ultimately. No, but anyway, and, and we the don't. real culprit is, I mean, like the, the NPR take on all this is like, of course, like bring down QAnon and bring down the anti-vaxxers. But like, 
really like yes those that is a problem those people are clearly like the fringe crazy yeah but clearly the space has been made in society for you know the QAnon people because there is a jeffrey epstein like they're like why why are they obsessed with child you know pornography pornography?" like as if there is no anthony weiner there is no jeffrey epstein and like and and clinton was literally with jeffrey epstein like probably fucking the young girls but even and even deeper than that of course there's a problem with our healthcare system and with big pharma and like and in the insurance companies and of course, that that problem tear makes a tear in society that that opens up for people to fall into, you know, QAnon or yeah. anti like really fringe anti-vaxxing. I yes. don't mean just like, you know, of course questioning like, big pharma and questioning yeah, but this. like then falling into this fringe thing. And and of course, because we have a corporate media that has certain sacred cows yeah. that they won't touch. That of course leads to this kind of paranoia. No, and then the anti-vaxxers are upset. Like their their big guy is Bobby Kennedy, and is that him, Robert Kennedy? Yeah, yeah. Who's, you know, one of the main, who has a website devoted to, uh, basically anti-vax, you know, an anti-vaccination website, and uh, and he's done a lot of research and works with, you know, he's basically devoted his life to this. He's married to the wife the woman who played the wife on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. But that's always the go-to. Like, well, he's a Democrat, and he's extremely intelligent, Mm -hmm. and he's devoted his life to this. And, and, you know, people like us are considered unwoke by the anti-vaxxing mentality. It's just, it's very frustrating. And, like, like, you know, people are like, you're not connecting the dots, and uh, you don't get it. And I guess... I well, just feel yeah. like I have. I, we, I guess I have to not that I want to, but I guess I have to take a deeper dive into the Robert Kennedy thing because I mean I I think there's also differences and I I know you and I even, yeah we've heard different things about him like sometimes I feel like he's a very critical of the mandates like mm-hmm. around vaccinations and his mm-hmm. his critique is like at least part of his critique the less fringe part of his critique is like the the problem of big pharma and mandated vaccines like in other right. words that there's in the same way that uh you know like prison prison uh for profit leads to like you know more beds needing to be filled and 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 prison for profit lobbying for for harsher crimes uh you know to basically get more people mm-hmm. into prison in the same way of course big pharma is going to lobby for mandated vaccines and more of them and blah 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 which yeah so that's the less fringe i think we would agree at least up there definitely uh, but and but then he also has on the website these videos and like little mini docs you know profiling kids who have been allegedly harmed by vaccines and i find that very murky mm-hmm. like the the stories of you know whatever death and autism but honestly whatever i don't even think we should go into that because right. it's like too murky and hard yeah. to prove but um that's for another whole yeah. podcast and like. i yeah exactly and i we need someone else to like to call to talk about that but um it's but the, my point is is that it has made me feel alienated from parts of my family yeah because yeah and i guess then 
what I would say, yes, is that before the bus trip, we also had, you know, which I think we referred to in part one, a very traumatic evening with involving teenage shenanigans. But the bus was involved because we let them party on the bus mm-hmm. the night, but you know, like yeah, a couple I think nights we before we mentioned left. that in part yeah, one. Yeah, and it was truly an awful night that I like can't get into just because it's like underage kids and I don't want to name names and I don't right. know who listens to this. But it was basically like, like catapulted us because we didn't really say that much because Louis was there when with right. the first episode you know the first version of the story yeah I don't remember what we said but there was a I didn't want to like a trigger car crash and yeah and everyone and there was no like physical harm to anyone yeah. but there was a car crash there was drugs and alcohol and then there was um horrible horrible evening where you know we had to like get the teens out of here different you know a parent picking up and they were acting completely psychotic more psychotic than teens normally act and um and, you know, it was like having like toddlers, if everyone, anyone's had kids listening to this or maybe babysat toddlers, imagine like toddler behavior, but in like cars, women's bodies, toddlers driving in cars. women's bodies, like, right. yes. And so trying yes. to get them even into the car of another parent was traumatic. They were, and toddler behavior in women's bodies with the language of women right. of like woke sex positive women right like don't touch me mister yeah and like uh, you're my you know and like uh i don't even want to, i was going to say that thing about the but i, I don't want to upset people awful. yeah but anyway very like weird and it's and those any of you who have teenage years you bet in this situation where it's just basically feels like serious gaslighting mm-hmm. and um so what, what made you think to, to bring up that? Story? Oh, I guess that like the trip was like bookended by that mm-hmm. and then book. And then on the other side, by the trauma of our COVID fights with friends yeah. and family. And so that I almost feel like it's like this golden egg of beauty on the farm, but then bookended by kind of the real life, which feels very unresolved. And now we're entering the school year. And I know like everybody listening has to deal with this of like this mystery of how the election is going to unfold, how COVID's going to affect the school year. I know I just have a lot of like eating anxiety and at night, like when I'm sleep, when I'm sleeping with my iPad on, any sound in the house, it's almost like a PTSD war victim. I feel, and I know I'm, I know this sounds like an exaggeration, but it's not. I was describing this to some of the ladies. Feels like physically as though someone's stabbing me inside my guts, like sound of Louis just coming up the stairs. Yeah. I get like a rush of crazy, like pain through my body of anxiety and nerves. Mm. And it's, yeah, disturbing. Yeah, no, it's funny. I, I mean, even I think I, I have like a weird fight or flight response of, of actually just like wanting to get on the bus and drive. <laughs> like, yeah, just, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that was like what brought about the bus thing. It's like, uh, yeah. it's life is is quite literally impossible right now. And I actually feel like crying just talking about it. <laughs> Um, where did, where, by the way, the other day, where did you go for a long time? Were you on a walk? Uh, I don't know. Oh, where, uh, where, I don't know. You like went away for a long time, but the cars were here and the bus was Oh, here. I was just sitting on the bus. I oh, got, you were sitting on, on the, the bus? bus yeah. Oh, interesting. I almost looked on the bus. Yeah, I also have that fear, which I've had since I'm a kid when I don't know where somebody is. I'm convinced that they've been murdered, k- killed themselves, or... <sighs> Yeah, and I and I uh, may, and maybe it is because my mom said every single day I'm gonna kill myself, and I didn't really believe right. that, but that must have infiltrated in me. <laughs> All right, well, this is we've reached rock bottom today. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and 
<laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, uh, great. Is there some sort of positive note we could go out on? Like, we um, still uh, can't think of anything. Well, positive. oh, um, I think mm -hmm. Carol did actually now is going to send me the digital file. Oh, really? Cat, well, so. that's huge. That's a big yeah. deal. So maybe um, yeah, Wolfie will be found again. I can think of no positivity at this moment. Um, you and know? Uh, we got Mama Cat back, and she's. Fully Super pregnant fucking again. pregnant. So there's more kittens on the way. I'm going to be cleaning up shit and piss for like a month straight. Um, if anybody wants to uh, foster a pregnant mommy cat. Actually, seriously, if you live in the area and you want to foster a pregnant mother cat. You don't even have to live in the area. We'll FedEx. Or... He will drive the bus to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, good luck. And uh, love you. Hey, thanks for listening. And we'd love for you to become a patron at patreon.com. The monthly subscription is pay anything you want. And for that, all of our episodes are unlocked for your listening pleasure.